What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Not much. So, another episode of Chilling with Wes and Josh. We don't have to make this like a joint thing at this point. We just keep on doing it together. It's kind of dope. I yeah. also like hearing your uh, input on sports because I feel like you have a different aspect than me. Not nearly as biased. But before we start, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the world. Um, I think that's like very important to, you know, give thanks to all the great mothers that are, you know, driving force for the world to be a better place one day at a time. Um, so this week we're going to talk about uh, the closing out of the 2021 NBA season. Um, I'm pretty sure with, you know, you being a Heat fan, you have some... You have some uh, insight or, you know, more so what you think will happen somewhat in favor of your guys. I watched your game today. It was pretty dope. I was actually happy to see the Heat win uh, in a very – in a fashion that caused a lot of adversity. Um, they were already up 26 at the halftime and then, you know, kind of was trying to give it away but managed to seal the deal in the end. Um but without further ado, we'll get into it. Um, I am Wes, and you're Josh. And so let's get into it. So who do you think is the best team in the NBA? Uh, the Nets. The Nets, really? Why? They're so offensively powerful. I just don't see how anybody's going to be able to stop the the three P combo. I mean, Kyrie can you know he can drop thirty, but <clears throat> I don't think he's the best point guard in the league. But well, they switched I mean, out, so James Harden's the point, and Kyrie's quote unquote the two guard now. So yeah, yeah. that one. I mean, Kyrie is definitely the weakest link of the three, but. I, I just – KD and James could easily both drop 50 in a game. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I was not expecting you to say the Nets. I'm going to be really honest with you. Um, I would have thought you would have stayed in the East and probably would have said, like, 76ers just because they play phenomenal ball. Um, I don't – I think, honestly, the best team in the NBA – I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say the Suns. I, to be a you know barely making it into the play-in tournament last year, to now being you know fighting to be number one in the West, also battling for the best record in the NBA. I mean that's that's a testament to even. Oh, they have the best record. Oh, well, no, they don't have the best record, but they're two. They have. The second best record. In the well, NBA. that's what I'm. You think though, but they were barely getting into the playoffs last year. So for me, I think the way that they have dealt with the same adversity that everyone else in the NBA has dealt with, um, I just it's hard for me to say. And the West is definitely, to me, is the hardest conference to play in. Uh, it's almost like a guarantee for a certain tier of teams to make it in the playoffs year in and year out in the East. Whereas in the West, you could have 
I mean, one dynamic player. Like like I said, take the Suns, for instance. They were barely making it into the play-in. And you add Chris Paul, and, like, the team turns into a, a title-contending team, which we wouldn't have thought, even in the beginning of the season, that this was what was going to transpire. So, I, to me, I think the Suns are going to be – as of now, is the best. I get it. We're going to say record and all this. Other. To me, if I had to take a team right now for seven games in a series with the players on the roster, I'm taking the Suns. I, you know. Um, I don't get a lot of watch, watch a lot of Suns games being on the East Coast. They yeah, come yeah, on I before, mean, my, before or after I go to sleep. So. Yeah, and I mean, I get that too, but I just think the dynamics of that team, especially with CP3's leadership, is what's driving them to be better than years prior. Um, yeah, they they very quietly put a good team together too. I mean, right. everything CP3 touches turns to gold, but like they weren't good at all last year, and now right. they're you know top three teams in the league. So, who okay? So you say who's the best team. We're going to go into, like, who has been the biggest disappointment this year? Uh, for me or just overall? Uh, if you looked at, like, coming – like, at the start of the season, you're like, this team will be here. This team is, I can guarantee you, will be, you know, title contention to now. Well, what are they doing now? Like, as a whole, I know you're a Heat fan. You expect the Heat to run the East. And honestly, coming into the season, I thought that because of what the Heat did last year and how they, you know, walked into the playoffs, they owned it. Um, I was expecting them to be not fighting to stay out of the play-in, but being, you know, one of the top three. Yeah. um, Well, what they did last year was – the bubble was like the that was should have been called the Jimmy Butler bubble because there's a perfect situation for Jimmy Butler, no distractions, nothing but basketball, and Jimmy Butler has his team here. All he right. had to do, and he, they, everybody had already rallied behind Jimmy Butler, right? So all they had to do was show up, play basketball. All you mm-hmm. can do is go to the gym, improve your game, and go to sleep. So that that was the the last year, that was their advantage. I think last year, um, this year, <clears throat> I thought they'd be better than they are. Um, but I'm gonna say I thought the Wizards would be better. Everybody thought the Lakers would be better. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries, of course. Uh, but I would say, like, disappointments really is just probably the Lakers and the Heat. The Heat being at, what, 500, 544? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, 544. I mean, they're still sitting out of the play out of the play-in, which is, I mean, ideally they were in the play-in last year. So, I mean, theoretically they're – above where they were if the season ended right now. They're not playing in the plan. They're going to get their rest. 
before the playoffs start. Yeah, so they I, added a lot of key pieces. I thought they would have made a a larger jump. Yeah, and I agree with that. But I think a lot of what happened with them was just the same thing that's happening with the Lakers is what's happened with the Heat is, you know, injuries and COVID. And to me, I I don't think the Wizards were going to be destined for a sure playoff slot. I think what we are seeing from Russ right now is what the Wizards needed to see in the beginning of the season, along with Bill being healthy. And I don't think that we would be looking at them as a, you know, uh, play-in team. They would be sitting at four or five or six. So to me, I just don't – I can't say that they were a disappointment. I think to me was disappointment was the Celtics. I mean, you have two budding stars and Jalen Brown – and uh, Jason Tatum. And you also have a stud at Kemba Walker. I think what the NBA has exposed to the Celtics is, is they don't have a true big man to solidify their, you know, that center position. Yeah. Um, they've tried different players and pieces with Tristan Thompson and Taco Fall and, you know, They've tried different pieces. Uh, Williams, you know, there's different pieces there, but they have never had one person that just literally uh, came in and you knew for a fact he's going to get you 20 and 10 or 20 and 15, 20, 15 and 5. You know what I mean? Like, they that's that one piece that's missing that I think – the Celtics need in order for them to be really considered a contender coming out of the East. Um, if, if we're looking outside of that, I, I have a hard time of looking at other teams that really were a disappointment. I mean, some people could say with how New Orleans started, the Pelicans, how they started with Lonzo, uh, Zion Williams, Brandon Ingram, I mean, that core right there, that's a young, solid core. You know what I mean? Like, the way that they ended last season, coming into this season, you know, you're not saying, like, oh, man, they're going to be the top four out of the West. No, not, no, no, we're not going to even go that far. But I could see them being, you know, higher than looking into the play-in than what they are. Um, I just think that, you know, with Zion, especially now that Zion's out, um, with Brandon Ingram, you know, uh, J.J. Reddick coming down there, Lonzo Ball, I thought they could have put something together to help them get to the playoffs, get that experience. Yeah, Um, I mean, J.J. Reddick's gone now. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, though, you had all of that there that would have kept that together. I thought that core piece, the core pieces there would have propelled them into guaranteed playoff. I have to say, though, I do like what the Wizards are doing. 
with, you know, letting Russ be the playmaker that he is. Um, I just, I guess I was expecting more from, you know, the Pelicans and, and, uh, and the Celtics than I, what I actually got. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could go the the Clippers even with the Lakers out of the way. Everybody last year was talking who's better, the Clippers or the Lakers, and this year they couldn't even they couldn't even get you know the first seed this year. But I mean, also disappointments. Like they are third, but what about the Timberwolves? First overall pick, Anthony Edwards. A lot of people's. Rookie of the year, not mine. A lot, but a lot of people's rookie of the year. Uh, I mean, the guy's a baller, but and you win twenty games. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I do think that the Timberwolves will always have that reigning stigma of they can get a lottery pick, which they get great crop uh, prospects out of it. But the problem is, is like those prospects never can be the difference maker that you expect them to be. Like, take, okay, take Charlotte, for instance. Charlotte was a lottery pick for a while. And they get LaMelo, and now, even with him being out, just the presence of that kid being in the organization has changed them into being a straight dog-fighting team, which is extremely scary, if you think about it, because... What was the Heat last year? A dogfighting team. Like they may have, they may wow you with some of the things that they do, but they're dogfighters, like straight up dogfighters. And that's the same type of vibe that I get from the Hornets. It's like they don't care who they play. They're going to play their way and they're going to make it as fun as possible, but they're here to beat you. And that can be a, a really scary thing for the Celtics because – with Gordon Hayward, Lamelo, um, Terry Rozier, uh, listen, Bridges, who's got you know dunk of the year, <laughs> dunk of the year award coming to him, regardless of what anybody else says, he has the dunk of the year award. Um, it's just something about that team that you like. It was like. I'm not trying to say this to water down a legend, but it's almost like that Jordan effect. Like how Jordan came in and he played and the team was so much better because of his style of playing. He wanted to win, just the dog mentality. That's what I see out of LaMelo Ball. Now, don't get me wrong, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, uh, Bridges, all those dudes were already there with that chip on their shoulder. Well, you bring in someone with the high IQ like LaMelo Ball, that's a problem. And the, and the kid's going to get better as he gets older. It's just, you know, it's, it's his rookie season. To me, he's rookie of the year, period. Like That's my rookie of the year as well. I, if, if I was able to send in a ballot for rookie of the year, it's LaMelo. And it's not even close. I don't – I get it. 
Anthony Edwards has done some cool stuff, some flashy stuff. It's like if we're just tallying up the change of an organization with also the skill asset, you have to give it to LaMelo Ball. Like, show me another rookie that's impacting their organization as much as LaMelo Ball has. And, yes, he missed games because of a broken wrist. We get that. But as soon as he came back, he was still, in my opinion, already on all-star level. It's just – I do agree with you with how Anthony Edwards was supposed to come in with the Timberwolves, with what they had, was supposed to, you know, change the trajectory of the organization and being a playoff team. I just don't think – that the T-Wolves have the real core pieces that they need. I think, you know, you got – I think D'Angelo Russell is a good point guard. I think Cat, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is a good big center, big man. I don't think they have enough good leadership there that will, you know, doesn't mind getting into the head of your superstars and saying, hey, you guys are playing like trash. Enforce them. I think the last person that the T-Wolves had that was like that was Jimmy Butler. And they got rid of him. Yep. So to me, I just don't see the T-Wolves being a contender team, especially in the West, without some veteran presence. That's one is a stud. And two is willing to take all the brunt if he gets into your star players. I, That's a must. Like, your coaches, yeah, they should be able to get in and, you know, say, hey, you guys need to do this, that, and the third. But I just don't – I don't see it nearly as much with the T-Wolves. I think they're trying to baby the, the young guys into feeling like, hey, the world is yours. And I don't think that's going to be how they end up being a successful or successful franchise, in my opinion. So far, they haven't done much. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Butler is—he's a dog, but he's a different type of dog. He's the guy that'll go out there and he'll do anything that needs to be done. Right. He could go and he could play a game and have 15 steals. Uh, 20 rebounds and 15 assists and zero points. He doesn't need right. to score. He knows right. he can. He could probably score on anybody in the league. Yeah, I agree. But with that. it, it, that's not even the that's not even the big part of his game. The right. big part is he brings that intensity, intensity and that fire. The I want to win. I'll do whatever it takes to win. If I don't, right. if you don't need me to score, I won't score. I'll rebound. If you need me to guard the five, I'll guard the five. Anything. Now we're going to change. Now say if the playoffs were set right now for who we have, um, who do you see on both conferences that can pull the upset? Uh, Pull the upset in, like, what do you mean? So, like, win the play-in? Not saying, like, win the play-in, but, like, 
so for the East, we have the Celtics, the Hornets, the Wizards, the Pacers. Um, in the West, we have the Lakers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs. Now, out of those teams, those eight teams, who could you see messing everything up and just, you know, had to do the play-in, and now I'm at the finals getting ready to win another championship? Who do you see in both both conferences, East and West, that can, that has the capabilities of doing that? Um... I'm gonna say, I think the Hornets have the capability to to run a ruckus in the East. Um, I don't, I don't know how far they can run a ruckus, but I think that they can ru- run a ruckus. I think you know if they they come in as the eight, I could see them maybe winning two games against the Seventy Sixers. Um. If they come in as the seven, maybe win one game against the Nets. Um, and then in the West, I I like the Grizzlies not to win a series, but uh, I mean I think they'll make it in. And uh, I, I, watch out for the Warriors. I mean the Los Angeles really has to watch out for the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Because the Grizzlies are good. Oh yeah, they're they're missing like a couple pieces, and they'll be there. But they're still good. And the Warriors, like Steph, is playing out of his mind. So absolutely, absolutely. I would say the Warriors and the Grizzlies would could could give the Lakers some trouble if the Lakers lose to the Warriors. In the first game of the play-in, I would say they they really need to watch out for the Grizzlies in the second game. Huh. So looking at looking at how this play-in would work, I I do like the Hornets. Um, I think the Hornets are more favorable of beating the Celtics in the play-in. I just – it's something about Russ, Bill, and the gang in the East that I just – oh, man. I don't know why. I just feel like they can give you a problem. But also with that being said, though, I feel like the Knicks – are a team that people are just like, oh, you know, they're the New York Knicks, they're the Brooklyn Nets' little brother. And I feel like in that organization, the New York Knicks feel slight. Like, oh, we're just supposed to be, you know, take the back seat to the net. Now, they have a six-game difference or seven-game difference in wins-losses. Completely understandable. But if you take the Brooklyn Nets roster and place it against the New York Knicks roster, I don't believe that the Nets are coming out of that series like 100%. Roster on roster. 
Oh, I mean, the Knicks win. The Knicks win a game or two. I I don't think they pull the series off, but the Knicks would win a couple games. I don't know though because they get banked. Like to me, the Nets are a team that they need all three. You know what I'm saying? Like they they need all three in order to in order to be a sure win, and if not, guarantee a win. Like we just forgot that the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Big Two in Irving and and KD with Giannis, Middleton. Holiday did his thing too. Don't get me wrong, but we're hyping the Nets up. And we're forgetting that they need all three to be a sure win. And all three players haven't only played but seven games together. So if I'm I'm just saying, I'm not saying that it's 100% sure that the Knicks are going to beat the Nets in a seven-game series. But if I was the Nets and knowing how the Knicks play defense with Tom Thibodeau down there, I'd be a little worried because the Knicks are showing they can put up points too, but they also have good defense. So, you know, I I think to me in the East, the number one would be the Wizards just because Russ, everywhere he goes, he just brings that leadership, that tenacity, that energy, that just, it's contagious. Um, I think that was a hindsight 2020. Yes, you know, John Wall for, you know, for us, people say, oh, man, that was like, you know, uh, even, even trade. I don't think we give Russ Westbrook his, his credit as much as we need to because Russ is a Hall of Famer and honestly a top five point guard in the history of the NBA. History. And I know people say, like, Magic is number one. I got to tell you, if Russ breaks Oscar Robinson's record, he'll Magic Johnson will be number one with a tie. Because there's, like, you you can say rings, but just what Russ brings. I think I think Russell Westbrook just did break Oscar Robinson's record. No, he tied. Think, he tied. Did, did he just they tie it? Yeah, he tied it. He hasn't played uh, for the 182. It was, it was a tie. Okay. Last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I remember hearing something about that, but. But that's the thing, though, is, like, we forget what type of impact Russ Westbrook brings to the Wizards or impact he brings, period. Um, outside Now, we talk about the West. A team that I just wouldn't want to see if I was sitting in the West right now was the Warriors. I'm not trying to see them, period. Because – <laughs> like for some odd reason coming into this, the same way that we've treated Russ for some odd reason this season we've treated Steph on the same level like he's just going to be with the lottery pick team and they're not going to be contenders 
And I feel like Steph took that just like Russ did to heart. Like, wait a minute. Like, I'm still the bombarder from 30 feet out. Like, I don't know why we thought this was going to be something new. And, yes, they took injuries along the way. But Steph and Draymond Green with the pick and roll that they're they're doing, that's nine years in the making. Like, you – that experience of winning championships and knowing what the grind is and going through the meat grinder, I wouldn't want to see the Golden State Warriors at all. I don't care if I'm the Jazz. I don't care if I'm the Suns. I don't care. None of them. I would not want to see the Warriors. Not with Steph Curry still being able to pull from anywhere in the court. Now, in five years, yeah, maybe. We could talk about it. But right now, no. Because he's just a man on a mission. Like, you watch the games that they play, and everybody knows, like, Steph is going to drop 40. Like, it's like they already know it telepathically going into the game. Like, Steph is dropping for you. <laughs> We're just going to make sure that, like, Draymond and whoever else, Andrew Wiggins, all of them, just stay at single digits because we're not stopping Steph, like, at all. And I'm not saying, like, they're playing off of him, but they know that he has that killer mentality where he's not going to accept the law. Like, I watched him play against the 76ers, and it was just like he was – it was like practice the entire time. Irony, 76ers, same practice. Like, <laughs> honestly, it just felt like he was just in practice shooting whatever, whenever. I mean, he's, he hit one over Seth, and I know Seth was like, ah, oh, dude, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a better percentage this year. But this dude's still talking about winning the scoring title, also carrying his team into the playoffs and being one of the most deadliest underdogs coming into the playoffs. Like, to me, I just – I wouldn't want to see the word. I, I wouldn't. And I could only imagine how different the aspect of the game would be if Clay was there. We're not even oh, talking Clay, about it, yeah, if Clay James there. Wiseman. We're not even talking about James Wiseman, who actually did really good throughout the season. He progressed a lot through the season with the being under the toolage of Draymond Green. He progressed a lot. Was starting to become a double-double, rim protector, you know, offensive rebound. Like, he was starting to mold into something great for the Warriors. He had that injury at the end of the season, but – that's what I'm saying. Like, could, like, could you imagine how different the West would be if you have both Splash Brothers? Like, they plug and play big men. Like, if nobody ever understands this, the Warriors, if you look at the history of when they were on their outside of Wilt, like, don't go and do Wilt. I think I'm just spitting out numbers here. But if you go into the history of their current run, their current dynasty, of the Warriors, they plug and play a center. They had Andrew Bynum. They had JaVale McGee. I mean, they've had multiple different centers. None of them are Hall of Fame caliber. They just plug and play. That's it. 
So just to think of how different they wouldn't be doing a play in right now. They would be battling for a home court advantage, in my opinion. Um, I think LA, the Lakers, currently with LeBron going through his injuries, it's kind of hard for me to say that he's going to be back to the strength. I think last year what saved him, honestly, was going through the pause in the season. Because then he could rehab. If he had injuries or illnesses that were going on, he would have he would have been able to take care of that in lieu of the NBA season before the bubble started. And we're starting to see that now. Because one season, the first season he was there, he had a growing injury that sidelined him. They were in playoff contention and fell out of it before he came back. Next season, he's doing great, still at MVP level, and then the season stops. He comes back, he dominates, wins, wins another championship. This season, there's no stoppage. It's 72 games. I just don't see LeBron, even though he spends a million dollars a year on his, on his health and fitness, I just don't see him. We're going to start seeing the slow decline. I don't think when he comes back, he's going to be 100%. Yes, will he change the dynamics of the team and become, you know, the staple point for the Lakers to be carried into wins and stuff like that? Absolutely. But if I'm taking this team right now without LeBron, I guess this Golden State Warriors team, Golden State is winning it. If Memphis and the Spurs are playing – the way that Memphis has been playing, phenomenal basketball, very entertaining. It's something about Greg Popovich. When he gets in those playoffs, he starts pulling out miracles. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. Um, I can't count the Spurs in that aspect off of coaching leadership. Not leadership from players, but coaching leadership. And then buying into the coach's philosophy. So I, it's kind of hard to say that the Grizzlies will beat the Spurs. Um, I don't know. The West is kind of tricky. Because I feel like at any given time, the West has always been one of those – has been the conference where there's a switch on and a switch off. And you usually know when the switch is turned on. Uh, the East is like a dog fight. No matter what you do, you got to fight for everything you get because seeding is so important. It's been that way, and I'm sure it'll always stay that way. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, do you agree or disagree with the play-in? Um, I think it's good. Um. To give, I mean, really, it was just a money thing. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's good to give, like, the other teams a chance. But I would, I would prefer to see maybe add one playoff spot <clears throat> and then give a bye. 
that's what I would prefer to see. Kind of NFL style rather than a play-in. So you would rather see the top two seeds sit out around? Just the top one. Sit out a week. And then uh, nine, nine play two. Okay. And then they just pick up with lowest seed. But I mean, that's that's taking your best team and giving them a week off, and and basketball a week off, you know, can hurt you just as much right. as it can help you. Right. So I mean, I don't see it as a bad thing. Uh, but I mean, it was definitely just for money, in my now, opinion. Do you see it staying? Uh, yeah, it'll stay. So barring I... barring something like the Lakers getting knocked out in the first round and something just extreme happening, like on a let's say uh, the Lakers Warriors play and Draymond grabs a rebound and Steph hits a three quarter court three to win the game. Just some like absolutely absurd shot. I I see that being a problem. Um, at least with like Lakers and Lakers fans. Right. But right, right. you have just as many Warriors fans. True. So see, I, I don't disagree with the play-in. I think the play-in is dope. I just don't think if we're gonna do a play-in, like. Let's just fully invest in it. You know what I mean? Like, because they're kind of like, to me, the NBA is kind of like mixing in what the NCAA does and trying to involve it in theirs. And the difference with the NCAA is you only got one game. I would rather you play if you're going to keep it. And don't get me wrong. I think it's very exciting because – You'd be surprised. I mean, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, all these games are sparred off of, you know, play-in. To me, I think if you're going to do the play-in, then fully invest into how they do it. Don't, you know, well, we're going to do a half. And then we're going to, you know, go back to the regular NBA style. I don't think – I think they kind of threw it in because they got so much hype and publicity last year because of the bubble. Like, oh, man, this is dope. Like, they're like, yeah, we'll keep it. Nobody thought to sit down in the, in the thinking tank and be like, yo, should, if we're going to keep the play-in tournament, then why don't we make it the best of five? Or – if we're going to keep it and we're going to say one game, win or lose, why not do the whole entire NBA series or the whole entire NBA playoffs the same way? Now, I get the play, it. You the can't is do one it game. that way. No, I know. The playing. What I'm saying is, is like, if you're going to do the playing game one game, why not make the entire rest of the playoffs one game? If you're going to make the playing game or you're going to make the rest of the playoffs the best of seven, then why not make the playing game the best of three? Because at that point, there's no reason to then try to, you know, do some sort of a different algorithm to say, well, number 10 goes here, number seven goes here. Like, that's way too much. Why not just 
figure out how it's going to best suit it. And it's, it's going to still generate so much money for the NBA. And then that way you can, you know what I'm saying? Like you can kind of, I don't disagree with the play. I just disagree with the format. So it's kind of like I'm 50-50. Like, would I be mad if they got rid of the play-in? No. But, I mean, I think the play-in is dope because it brings a different aspect of the game. You know, you really got a dogfight at this point to, you know, make it to the playoffs. Do I also am one of, like, the older guys that's, like, watched it for a while, for two decades at least? Let's say if you weren't able to be good enough to make it in the top eight, why are we playing a play-in? I also understand that aspect too, because why? But also, they different have different formats too, like all the way up to the final. So yeah, I've always been a fan of the hard cut. The this is the line. If, you, if yeah, you're not this good, you don't make it in. But I think I'm they a made big so fan. much money of it. I think I'm they made so much fan. money off of it. Go ahead. Uh, no, you're good. Of. Uh, <clears throat> the way European leagues are played, um, if you, uh, like, let's say the Rockets, they're mm-hmm. the bottom team. Mm-hmm. They would have to play a game or a series to stay in the league. Or if they have so many, like, game, you know, they so many losing seasons in a row, they get dipped down for a team in what would be, like, the G League. Like, the G League champion should have a chance to play to come into the NBA, except for the fact that those G League teams are also owned by the big teams. Well, that'd be dope, too. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to ever happen. But that would be kind of dope, too, because if you think about it, the uh, European Soccer League does that, too. Yeah. Which is pretty dope. I mean, I think that's how I think that's how they should all be. I think even baseball. I think I think they should all be that way. I I don't know. I I think the play in is good right now. Well, I mean, obviously everything will differ. Hindsight twenty twenty after the playoffs and all this stuff. Um, it would be nice for the guy, like for the NBA to go back to normal with rest time off. I think the Lakers and the and the Heat have gotten the worst end of it. They didn't have a lot of time off. And I get it, you know, this is, you know, what you sign up for, it's your career, whatever. I get it. But we got to admit, 82 games, 72 games in a season, that's rough. You know, and then you were trying to repeat with 16 more games. I mean, look at the Celtics back in 2007, 2008. I mean, they were one of the few teams that went seven games each round. Seven games. That's rough. On top of an 82-game season. Um yeah, and I mean, some of these games are back-to-back, like, night to night. Right. And that's the thing that I – I feel – like I said, I feel more 
understanding for the Heat and the Lakers than any other team because they didn't, you know, they didn't get knocked out, you know, conference finals. So that way they have a whole nother month off to, you know, rehab and, you know, rest and everything else. I'm not saying that that's an excuse, but it does make a difference. Um, I think what we're seeing right now, the play-in, to me, I think the play-in is helping the Lakers. Um, it's going to give them enough time to get healthy. Uh, I feel like with LeBron, now that the world has pretty much tried to cast him him and the Lakers out of being title favorites, it's going to reignite a flame in him that – you know, I'm not saying that they're going to beat the Warriors or, you know, whatever. I'm just saying it doesn't really take much like Jordan, like Kobe, to light that fire that's like, okay, I got to I gotta show everybody, even though I'm the sixth seed, I can still win it all. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. But I think the play-in is going to be what determines – because he's playing in the play-in. Like if anybody thinks he's not going to come out and play in the plane, it's crazy. He's coming in, he's playing, he's going to reestablish or attempt to reestablish his dominance in the NBA. And that's what's going to propel them. If they get Dennis Schroeder back from COVID protocol, everything else, I think that right there is what's going to, you know, be a problem. Yeah. So, uh, Give me your Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals teams. Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not going to ask you for your uh, championship <sighs> final. Who you got knows. I'll just ask for your conference final. I don't. Eastern Conference, it's so much of a dogfight. So I gotta, I gotta put the seven sixers out there. I feel like they would be there, and I feel like honestly, because they haven't been healthy long enough, I gotta put the Milwaukee Bucks in there. I, I know people don't like it. Because it's, oh, it's Brooklyn Nets. They got KD. They got James Harden. They got Kyrie Irving. I get that, but they haven't played enough games healthy. Now, if they come now, this is you got to put the Milwaukee Bucks with an asterisk because if the Brooklyn Nets are healthy, then absolutely the Nets will be there. Like that's not even a question. But as of right now. I have to say that the Bucks would be the one. It would be the 76ers and the Bucks. I think the New York Knicks have done a great job this year of, you know, laying the foundation for success for the future, but I don't think they have enough firepower to hang with uh, the 76ers, the Bucks. Honestly, even though we disagree, I don't think they have enough firepower offensively to hang with the Brooklyn Nets, but I feel like their defense is what keeps them um, great. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, still kind of young, inexperienced. Not saying that they won't make it, but I'm not 100% sure that they will. Uh, the Miami Heat, I just don't have enough 
I don't have enough consistency from them to say they can make it to the conference finals. So I was to say in the East, 76ers and the Bucks. Sleeper, though. Sleeper, though. I can see. I can see the Wizards there. It's kind of hard to say. I can see them there, though. Uh, if we're going into the West, hold on. Before we go into the West, the only way we see the Wizards in the Eastern Conference Finals is if every team above them gets COVID, the whole team, and they can't play. We're saying we don't think that Russ and Bill Hachimura can make could make that push. That's what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're not making the push to the finals. They're good. They might win a series. They're not making a push to the finals. Now, as it sets right now, the Bucks would be playing the Heat in round one. Are they aware to crush? Like, are they ready? To put the demon behind him because the Heat just demolished and just beat them up last year in the mm-hmm. bubble. And they added key pieces. Their defense is probably better. If Victor Oladipo gets healthy, watch out Eastern Conference. Yeah, we're talking – I'm not talking about ifs. I'm saying what, what, what the roster has right now. That's what I'm basing it off of. If the roster right now, I, it's hard for me to say that the 76ers and the Bucks aren't going to be the two teams. Now, if we're saying everybody's healthy, the 76ers doesn't have enough people to guard Kyrie Irving, James Harding, and Kevin Durant. But no team in the East really in a way, have enough people to guard those three consistently. I'm not saying for a game. I'm not saying for two games where you're going to six-game series. Seven-game series, nobody is ready to guard them. All three, and for those that are Clippers fans, let's be honest, your best defender is Kawhi. Second best is Paul George. Third best is Patrick Beverly. Against Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Now, the NBA does not want to see that happen. (laughs) Personally, I don't feel that the NBA wants to see that to happen. Now, if they're I'm just I, I base that you know that's a thing right now. All right, so who's your Western Conference uh finals? Who you got? Uh Western is a little tricky. Um With that being said, I do I see the Suns? 
I just can't trust. Because Chris Paul hasn't uh, – I mean, we're talking conference finals, not making it to the finals. Okay, cool. I would say the Suns. And I would say the Clippers, honestly. Two and three. If – let's see here. Yeah. I mean, at that point, the Clippers would be going to the finals against – the 76ers. That's that's rough. Cause I, I do feel like the Clippers give the give the Suns the biggest threat. Um I don't feel like without Donovan Mitchell in the lineup. You know, they're perennial all-star. I don't feel like he's going to uh, – he's going to be able to get them over the tougher battles that they'll have. Uh, I think they can do – they can handle themselves, manage above water. They'll be going six games quite a few times in Utah. I just don't see them facing the perennial teams um, without Donovan Mitchell. I, I just don't see that as a thing. Um, the signs are healthy. And have managed the storm throughout the season. That's a problem. Uh, the Clippers still are dealing with health issues, um, especially with their two star players in Kawhi and Paul George. Granted, Paul George has played a lot more this year than he did last year, but still, um, still issues with Kawhi and his health. Uh, Denver. Without Jamal Murray, Denver is waiting in the water. I, I just don't see them being able to stay heads up against the the strong houses or the strong uh, organizations as long. Dallas <laughs> depends on what Dallas team you get. And that's really what you're going to see from everyone except for the Warriors, because you know what you're getting from the Warriors. Um, I just – I'm not sold on any team outside of, honestly, the Suns and the Clippers, to be really honest. If we're taking roster right now, now full roster, health, everything else, um, Dame Dollar and them in Portland is doing great things. But I just don't – we've seen this same scenario with Dame, CJ, so many times, but the same outcome happens over and over and over again. I just don't see them being able to um, get over the hump like they deserve without making some major changes. Uh, Carmelo Anthony is making milestones. We're all scoring lists and everything else, but we have to be honest here. It, it, it takes a lot more in the West. Firepower, anyway, to get out of the West. Gotta have a good bench. Yes. All right. Well, next week, what you thinking? Uh, you want to talk Cleveland Browns next week? 
we're not talking Cleveland Browns next week. Like Why? we're not in them. It's it's too early. I I don't I don't think talking Cleveland, Cincinnati, AFC North, any of that is is way too early. We okay. still got to figure out. We still have to figure out where Aaron Rodgers is going. They're saying there's a big strong push for Aaron Rodgers to go to Denver, but until it's on paper and I'm hearing it for a fact, I'm I can't pull that. I understand before that. Before we before we get done, your top three MVPs. Um, the Joker. Embiid and uh, probably Russ, just because he's, he is that team right now. I mean, Beal's a stud, but uh, or no, actually, not Russ, Julius Randle. He just came in and flipped the organization. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So that's uh, my my top three. I got CP3. I got CP3. I got uh, Julius Randle, and I got Russ. And who's the third one? Russ. Russ Westbrook. Oh, Russ. Oh, yeah. okay. Absolutely. I don't think in the top three, if four out of the five seasons, if Russ wasn't in your top three, you have to be – Doing some sort of drug. The man's averaging a triple double every season. Four out of the five seasons, he's averaging a triple double. That's insane. Insane. He's getting ready to break the triple all-time triple double record with Oscar Robinson. That is insane. That- oh yeah, absolutely. I man, just Jamal Murray's been out a while now. And the Joker is keeping that team afloat. And I agree. I understand that. I understand the Embiid debate. Um, I just think of impact of a team. I feel like, yeah, Joel Embiid, he makes that team a powerhouse. Like, he's a problem. Um, only the Joker probably would be able to battle him one for one for an entire entire game. Um, but what CP three has done with the with the Suns, like like the Suns were a play in team. Now you're talking about battling for the number one position in the West. Yeah, CP three uh, just bought. He just brought in like a. An attitude and a demeanor. Exactly. I wouldn't necessarily like. I, I mean, he's putting up good numbers, but he's not putting up MVP numbers. They were just missing one piece, and the piece they were missing was CP3. It's he's hard. a perfect system. I'm if he if he went to another team, if he went to Minnesota, Minnesota's I mean, not fighting for the number one team. But think about it, though. Team. He was in he was in Oklahoma City, and they were a lottery team. Somehow, some way, he got them to. Get into the play in tournament last year. They, you know, that's that's the thing that blows my mind with CP3. I don't think we give him enough credit. I think honestly, if we're talking about record, 
You have to go with Embiid. I mean, even the Joker, they're sitting at number four in the West. So are we saying that the record, you know, I think every year the, the, the criteria for the MVP changes and it really bothers me. But like the impact of a team, what Russ is doing for the Wizards, he's got 35 triple doubles this season and is literally projecting them. Him and Bradley Bill are projecting the Wizards into the play in, into the playoffs. Um, and even then, you got to look at like Steph Curry. Like, how is it Steph talked about as far as MVP? I just, it's hard to say a top three. It's really like your personal choice of who you would place in the top three. But like, there's so many different arguments. Like, Steph should be in there, Rush should be in there, CP3 should be in there, um, Joel, the Joker. That to me, even Dane and how he takes over games and literally finds any way possible to win the game to keep his team out of the play-in. <laughs> he don't want in the play-in. He wants them out of it. So I, it's interesting to hear you say that because I was very intrigued to figure out who your top three were. But, yes, yeah, so we can – Sit down and figure out what we want to talk about next week for – if you want to go back to NFL, we can talk about no, that. No, we can do it in uh, We can talk about the, uh, <laughs> the uh, schedule release is on Wednesday. It is on Wednesday. It is on Wednesday. So, I figure we do a schedule release episode that will get Absolutely. the NBA season time to clear up, yeah. and then we can do playoffs. Absolutely. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I mean, we can do a twofer. We can do a a, a schedule and a play-in game or a, and final games of the NBA season. The NBA season should be over this week, I, I believe. Ah, we can do one for the, the schedule, and then we can do – yeah, absolutely. Because that's – I'm very intrigued on your picks of this NFL season. Also, my dad gave us flight for saying that the Bengals would be in the, the playoffs. So I'm throwing that out there right now. That I did say that the, we both agreed that the Bengals would be low seeded into the playoffs, but we did believe that they could make it. My take dad it to said, the bank. He is it's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, you guys are super crazy for believing that. He's a huge Miles fan, but not all of us think that way. So don't. don't it's a lock, man. Take it to the bank. <laughs> All right, buddy. Back I up the Brinks truck. <laughs> I appreciate your time. And uh, of course, brother. can't wait until May 12th so we can do this again over the uh, NFL season. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hey, Keith, stay close to your phone for uh, – you might be getting a picture of some braids. Ah, braids. This week might be, might be busting out the braids <laughs> this week. All right, buddy. All right, man. I'll see you. Later.